Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning top doc show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to Alliant Health Solutions for its support as a sponsor. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Medical Association of Georgia's Top Docs radio show, brought to you in part by our friends at Alliant Health Solutions. Today, we're going to be talking about lung cancer and lung cancer screening. Obviously, if you pay attention to the news, it's very topical today. Our guests include Dr. Bill Mayfield. He's the Chief Surgical Officer for Wellstar Health System and the Chair of Georgia Lung Cancer Roundtable, and Dr. Aaron Kahn, who is the Chief Radiologist for Lung Cancer Screening at Quantum Radiology and the Chair of the Roundtable's Policy committee keep in mind this is dr mayfield's second appearance on the show appreciate you boys sitting in with us glad to be here our pleasure well let's talk about lung cancer as a as a problem i mean obviously for the last few decades now we've been talking a lot don't smoke and how it affects lung cancer are we making progress is it still a big problem so uh yes we're making progress but let's define the problem first um uh, lung cancer kills it's the number one cancer killer so it kills more men than colon cancer and prostate cancer combined it kills more women than breast cancer and cervical cancer combined it's the number one cancer killer so when we think about the women's cancer issues lung cancer really is the number one issue fortunately uh, men uh, dramatically decreased their uh, incidence or rates of smoking about 10 or 20 years ago and so the lung cancer incidence in men is starting to taper off uh, women who started smoking about a decade or two after men uh, in the 40s then um, <clears throat> are just now peaking and we may start seeing them to start to taper off but the number one risk factor is smoking 83 percent of patients um, who have lung cancer smoke cigarettes 17 percent uh, which is actually the number five cancer killer but the, the fifth um, 17 percent never smoked interesting i'm curious i mean you talk about radon for example is that a component of that 17 percent that right. you hear that about? is a component so there are other risk factors including radon exposure having been in the military doubles your um, risk of uh, lung cancer um, uh, heavy metal exposures certain other industrial exposures heavy environment though basically my behaviors in my environment really come into play and your, and your genes a family history could be a risk factor as well mm -hmm. well clearly now we have some technology that lets you do a pretty good job of finding it when you look for it talk about the lung cancer screening now it's not just an x-ray that they're taking a look at to try to catch a shadow or something like that so in the in the olden days it was basically a chest x-ray and your doctor examining your lungs and then you know seeing if there were any funny lung sounds a cat scan is a modern machine which makes thousands of pictures of your chest and and can find very early lung cancers and uh, now with modern ct equipment we can do that in well under a minute and with very low radiation doses. So CT scans have been proven to be uh, very sensitive for detecting early lung cancers at the point where they're, where they're still treatable. Does it, one of the things that it sounds like based on what you're saying is a pretty low dose of, it, of radiation, so pretty safe, I'm 
going to assume. So the radiation dose from a CT uh, scan performed lung cancer screening on modern equipment is typically under one millisievert. And for comparison, uh, being alive in some parts of uh, the world can give you 150 millisieverts of exposure per year. And that's, and that's never been shown to be conclusively associated with cancer. So while, while large doses of radiation are certainly associated with cancer, it's never been demonstrated that low doses are. And the very small doses associated with screening CT scans have never been conclusively uh, proven to be associated with anything. Obviously, just an imaging study uh, that clearly not going to cause me any pain. I'm not going to feel anything when you're doing the study. Nah. The worst part of it is you have to hold your breath for maybe 15 seconds. Um, now, there can be other procedures. If they find something, you might have other tests, but the, the scan itself is very short. Well, when you're thinking about who should go and ask their doctor about one of these to, to get screened, I mean, who should think about it? So, the... Um, First of all, any patient with symptoms or things that are worrying them in particular about their lungs should check with their doctor. That, that's, that's not screening. If you have symptoms, then you already need to be seen by a competent professional to, to arrange for a specialized exam. Uh, typically, we recommend screening for patients, depending on which set of guidelines you follow, 55 years and older with a 20 to 30 year pack year smoking history or more, meaning that on average they've smoked one pack per day for 30 years or two packs per day for 15 years. Um, these patients have been, have been shown to benefit from lung cancer screening. It may well be other patients would benefit as well, but it hasn't been proven yet. Now, is this the kind of thing similar to colorectal cancer screening where I do it at my 50-year mark and then if that's good then a few years later I repeat it. Is this a one-time screening or is there a rhythm that you need to think about? So in terms of qualification there are really two major criteria right now. One is the National Lung Screening Trial or the United States Preventive Services Task Force recommendation and that's 30 pack years um, uh, 55 to 74 or 55 to 80 years of age and you should have uh, not quit more than 15 years ago so that's a very narrow criteria that was studied uh, in a population of 50,000 patients. The uh, NCCN, the National um, uh, Cancer Network, recommends 50 years of uh, age, 20 pack years of smoking, and then one other associated lung disease. So there's two real criteria out there. They're not completely resolved. The, uh, the USPSTF and Medicare only will screen the NLST ones, the older 55 to 84. Um, so that, that's really who we can screen. Now, he'll talk about what screening is. Screening is not just a single CT. It's a series of CTs. So uh, lung cancer screening is a process. Um, the initial CAT scan will is used to look for a, like a background picture of your lungs and then you get scanned every year and we look to see what things in your lungs change and act like cancers. So a great many people have small dots in their lung which don't mean anything and don't do anything. We see those over time do nothing and they're unimportant and they don't get any further testing. However, dots that grow or enlarging nodules, those we refer to a multidisciplinary team where a um, committee, if you will, of radiologists, surgeons, oncologists, uh, pulmonologists sit down and decide what to do about every patient-specific case. When you're seeing these patients, I mean, how large, when you start going to screening, how large are you typically finding 
the, the so, regions. So we all grew up playing in the pine straw in the sand, and we were inhaling all these little things along the way. So actually, up to 65% of patients normally have one to three millimeter nodules, these little tiny nodules in their lung as a result of common environmental exposure. Even if you have nodules up to six or seven millimeters in size, so this is millimeters, mm -hmm. you know, smaller than the tip of your finger, we could see them clearly on CT scan. But if we went and biopsied all those, we'd find a bunch of benign disease. <clears throat> so the current threshold, before we go looking for a biopsy, uh, is that it has to have specific characteristics, has to be solid, maybe speculated, be at least eight millimeters in size, Preferentially, we would have seen it growing over time before it gets to eight millimeters. That's highly suspicious for lung cancer. When it reaches that threshold, then we'll go after it. And so there's a statistical balance between, you know, being too early or being too late. And right now, eight millimeters is that cutoff. When you think about imaging studies, for example, sort of like ambulatory surgery centers, now there are organizations out there that provide. MRI and CT and all kinds of imaging, like heart, heart calcium scoring. I don't have to go to the hospital to get this done. Talk about where to go to get the study. I, I don't know if anybody's offering that outside of the hospital, but from the from the buyer beware perspective, what would you say about what to think about when you're going to get a screening done? Can I talk about that? So. Um, uh, lung cancer screening is not just getting a CT scan. Lung cancer screening is a process that's repeated over time. And if an abnormality is detected, then there needs to be a multidisciplinary team to back that up. Um, so the Georgia Lung Cancer Roundtable has actually created a definition of what quality screening it is. It has three components. It has navigation, that is a person, doesn't have to be a nurse, but a person who navigates that patient through that process and system. So someone has to do um, a shared decision-making process. They have to actually schedule it and direct the person to have the CT. They have to see, look at the results and report back to the primary care doctor and to the patient what the results were. And then if there's an abnormality uh, that's found that needs further workup, helps navigate that patient to, for example, the multidisciplinary team. So that's number one, navigation. Number two is multidisciplinary backup. So we want that patient to have the benefit of multiple experts at one time. These are not really simple little problems. These, are, these can be complicated problems. So uh, we have a thoracic surgeon, pulmonologist, medical oncologist, radiation oncologist, navigator, nutritionist, all in the same place at the same time with that patient going over that scan and figuring out what's the next best step. And then the third thing that we've defined is that the screening center should have the uh, ACR, which is the American College of Radiology certification in the chest CT module. What that means is they've been certified in terms of their standards and their dosing um, and um, checking their equipment and all that uh, to be able to do this reliably and at low dose. So those three things, uh, navigation, multidisciplinary care, ACR certification, we believe is the standard for quality. Now, we need to scan tens of millions of people in this country. We're only scanning about 4% of those that are eligible. 
that could never be done by the large centers. We need to recruit our independent screening or, or, or independent radiology centers to help us in this project. And in my um, uh, meetings with them, all we ask is that if you're going to do lung cancer screening, that you do it with low dose, we'll navigate the patient for you. Uh, we want to make sure that um, you have an association with a multidisciplinary team. So if it's in Valdosta, you're hooked up with somebody in that area. If you're in Savannah, you're hooked up with somebody in that area. If you're in Macon, you're hooked up with somebody in that area. But that um, it be done uh, carefully and academically. These are, the back end of this is a complicated process. You know, every nodule is different from every other nodule. And there's, we have found, and there are published studies demonstrating faster time to treatment from patients that are screened by uh, centers that have multidisciplinary team backups. Fewer patients are lost to follow up. You know, if patients don't fall through the cracks, you don't discover, well, I thought they didn't ever call me, so I assumed it was okay. And then there's a stage four cancer, God forbid. Um, so that multidisciplinary team uh, is a big deal. Um, that said, just as Dr. Mayfield said, we need all hands on deck. I mean, right now in the United States, only a few percent of eligible patients, even by the most stringent criterion, are getting screened. Greater than 90% of patients who would benefit, who we know would benefit from lung cancer screening, aren't getting screened. So if it's ACR certified and has a multidisciplinary team, I don't care if it's if the CT scanner's in a treehouse. Uh, These the scans need to be done. We need, all, we need all hands on deck to get more people screened for lung cancer. So it sounds like there's still a good number of those types of freestanding centers that lack that certification that you're talking about right they either don't they haven't pursued ACR certification in the chest module or they're certified by another organization we're okay if they're certified by another organization we need them to integrate with a multidisciplinary team and let us navigate that but not us let a navigator manage that patient. Nothing is more harmful to a patient or their family than for them to go into any center, they get a, a CT of the chest, they get a piece of paper two days later it says, here's the 15 findings on your CT scan, and that's all they have. They have they have this piece of paper and they have all these findings, <laughs> and about two of which they can understand the terminology on. That is a, a, a disservice to a patient or to a screening subject. What, what we provide and what a good screening program would provide is a navigator who walks them through that report and then what's important, what's not, and where do we need to go from here. Um, it's very important. What is the group doing to try to, you, you're talking about how you're recruiting these uh, diagnostic centers. Mm -hmm. how, how are you going about that? What's the? How do you get the yeah. word out there? So, so um, some of these diagnostic centers are parts of large groups. So I met with the, some of the uh, principals in those groups, and we're working our way through how we uh, manage this together. Smiling and dialing. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> all healthcare is local, and it's a lot of it's about relationships, yep. and you just got to get in your car and go talk to them, or get on the phone and talk to them. Politics aside, obviously most people today, um, as we sit here February 2020, are familiar with the fact that celebrity Rush Limbaugh just came out and said, I've got advanced lung cancer. For myself, clinically in the past, I was focused on heart and vascular, so I don't really know too much deeply into the lungs beyond that. And, and my impression up to this point is you say, I've got advanced lung cancer, it's like, that's a death sentence. Is that the case? or? Where are we now? 
So if you're going to develop lung cancer, uh, now is the time to develop lung cancer. We're seeing uh, new therapies that are turning uh, some lung cancers just into chronic disease. So the emergence of targeted therapies, which are drugs that target specific mutations inside the cells that uh, create these cancers, or immune therapy, which are drugs that enhance your own ability um, to, en uh, to enhance your immune system's ability to fight these cancers, are now available in every histology of lung cancer and essentially every stage of lung cancer. Um, so I have patients who've had stage four lung cancers now for seven, eight, nine years taking these uh, targeted therapies. So this is a very different time now than even 10 years or 15 years ago. And in fact, every month we're seeing a new study for a new stage or a new histology for some of these, uh, these drugs or we call them molecules. So I'm very optimistic um, that uh, there are things that we have to offer anyone now with advanced stage lung cancer. More importantly, if you are at risk for lung cancer because of your smoking exposure, your family history, or heavy metal, um, now is the time to say, okay, I'm going to go get this CT scan, this low-dose CT scan that takes one minute to do and start that process and catch it at early stage. So one other statistic we really need to talk about. <clears throat> Historically, 80% of the people that presented to a physician uh, with lung cancer presented in late stage, okay. so stage three or stage four. Very difficult to cure um, and it takes a lot of resources. Of those patients who we screen in the screening program, 80% are detected in stage one and stage two. Very curable. The very best lung cancer cure rates ever published came out of the IELCAP study, I-E-L-C-A-P, you can look that up, and it's a 92% 10-year survival with a stage one lung cancer that was detected and operated on within 30 days. So that is by far the best survival statistics we've ever seen in lung cancer, and it's associated with screen-detected cancers. When I become a survivor, I get screened, catch it early, put me in the treatment and maybe some surgery. What's my life like? Am I going to get to enjoy that nine, ten years? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you, yeah, but again, 92% of those people are cured. You know, not, the, the definition of cure is five years. Well, now we're going out to ten years with these cures. So, yeah, it's a totally normal lifestyle. What about the the payer side. Sometimes you're talking about some advancing technologies, advancing Medicare, medic, medication therapies. Is it paid for? Can, does my Medicare, does my insurance so cover the, this? So the good news is that the United States Preventive Services Task Force has given lung cancer screening a grade sufficiently high to mandate government payment for lung cancer screening. So for Medicare patients, uh, Medicare will reimburse lung cancer screening within guidelines. Most private insurers also do. Most of them follow the uh, the guidelines set by the federal government. Uh, even if even if you don't have either of those, um, the the cash prices from cancer screening have, are, are tend to be very low for CT scans in the order of two to three hundred dollars at most. Um, so much much cheaper than getting advanced lung cancer. Um, is this? I, I don't know about the, the therapeutic side. I mean, is that the same thing? Once I'm found, is they're they're supporting my screening? Are they going to help me with my treatment as well? I guess. Well, Medicare and private insurers typically do to cover cancer treatment. Yes. Great. When it comes to folks here in Georgia, it sounds like there's some resources being made available for them to learn about 
screening like this and treatment that's available, where would you send a, a person who may not be familiar with where to go get screening or you know just to learn more about what they need to know? There are several good sources. Uh, uh, we wrote uh, three or four articles uh, for MAG um, last year, so you go to the MAG website and uh, search for lung screening and there's a series of articles that describes indications, techniques, and risks. Um, uh, the go to lungfoundation.org or go to go and the number two foundation.org is the largest national advocacy group uh, on lung cancer and lung cancer screening. Cancer.org is the American Cancer Society, also another good resource. When you think about the fact that obviously many people from the community are checking us out, but a lot of peers are as well, what would you say to your physician colleagues out there about the screening and, and how to engage with their patients around this topic? We would strongly encourage our primary care colleagues to become more involved in referring patients for lung cancer screening. This is something that's a proven benefit. It's a new technique. It's something that none, no one learned in medical school because it's only been around for a few years. But there are now two very large randomized studies showing dramatic mortality benefits, all-cause mortality for, for lung cancer screening in appropriate populations. Um, get involved, get hooked up with a center that has the quality triad, ACR certification, a multidisciplinary team, and refer your patients for screening. Um, lung cancer is more prevalent in a primary care, uh, primary care physician's panel or group of patients than they think. Um, we find a lung cancer in one out of every 40 patients that we scan. One out of 40, that's 2.5%. Um, and that number is very consistent whether you go to the Rome screening uh, group, to our group, or the Northside uh, group, we're all seeing a detection rate somewhere around 2.5%. If you look at your panel and look at smokers and former smokers uh, in your group of patients, there's a significant number, two and a half percent of that high-risk group is walking around with a lung cancer that we haven't detected. And uh, um, we understand that qualification and referral and the shared decision-making is a burden on primary care. And we're working at a national level to reduce that burden, but if they would accept that burden and they refer over to us, then we'll, we'll take it from there. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of everything. Time goes quickly. Do you have some final thoughts for either uh, that layperson out there or, or your or peers before we let you get back to today? First message is quit smoking. If you haven't quit smoking, quit smoking. That is, that is the most effective and most important first step. And secondly, if, if you have a history of smoking or if you're still smoking, get screened. Yes, if, if you smoked or have a family, uh, I'm sorry, if you smoked or um, are a current smoker, then uh, you are at an elevated risk for lung cancer. And lung cancer screening is a very easy, um, non-painful means by which to uh, save your own life. Well, I appreciate you gentlemen sitting in with us today to share this information, obviously affecting many folks around our state of Georgia for sure. You don't have to look very far to find someone smoking. Um, and so I'm, I'm very appreciative of the information that we're sharing today. And for our folks listening, I hope you'll turn around and click share, put it out on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, where you'll also find MAG. If you're not linked up with them there, you can do that there. Um, I want to say thanks again to Dr. Khan, Dr. Mayfield for joining us and uh, much, much thanks to the team at Medical Association of Georgia and uh, Alliant Health Solutions for helping make the show possible. We'll see you all next time.
watching this episode of Top Docs. Please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends. Remember to follow Mag on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget, you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash top docs. From everybody at Mag, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.